Good evening and welcome back to another episode of After Dark with Jay and the Real. Real people, real lives, real stories. I am Jay, your host, and I am very excited to speak with tonight's guest as she has an amazing story and is truly such an inspiration. I absolutely can't wait to introduce her to you so that she can share her journey with us. She is known as the beauty guru. Elizabeth Molina is a certified holistic health and life coach, as well as a TEDx speaker. She is also the founder of the Molina Glow. And if all of that wasn't enough, she is also the host of a podcast called Your Beauty Guru. This incredible woman is a model on a mission to empower women by sharing her extensive knowledge and beauty practices while being an advocate for safe and healthy self-care. So I'm so excited to speak with her about she seeks to redefine the modern day role of what it is to be a superwoman. So good evening, Elizabeth, and welcome to After Dark. I'm so happy to have you with us tonight. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Really, I am super excited. I cannot wait to get in here. So I'm so honored to be here and share, um, I want to say the stage, but share the the audio. <laughs> share the clubhouse stage, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, because I speak on so many different stages. So I always, I'm just so used to saying that, but I do feel like podcasts are also stages. Um, so yeah. Well, they are, you know, it's a, it's a platform for your voice to be heard. And so again, thank you for your time and your energy on this one. After Dark is my listeners and I are very happy to have you. And so I always like to start at the beginning. And, you know, as, as I said offline, like I invite my guests to share as much or as little as they would like and feel comfortable with. So um, I have often heard you say that there is pain behind the beauty and I know that was a message that you often heard growing up. And so, you know, perhaps we can kind of start at the beginning, like, what does that mean to you? And if you could share a little bit about that journey, that's that part of the story with us so that my listeners can understand where your journey began. Yeah, I think that's an amazing question. And thank you for that. So I guess that my journey with that whole concept of beauty is pain and um, I definitely, I feel like I sound like a broken record when I talk about growing up as a little girl. Um, you know, you have like your mom or your grandmother or an aunt or a sister, like maybe tug your hair a little tight uh, because that's going to make for a good ponytail or just like small little things like a dress that's uncomfortable. And often you'll hear you know, suck it up. You're beautiful. Like beauty is pain. Get used to that concept. And it's, I, I, I don't know, for me, like growing up, um, that happened quite a lot. Um, I was a child model. <laughs> so you can imagine that I, I definitely heard that. So like, even for my grandmother, like food, like eating raw aloe and I'm like, it's disgusting. And it's like, no, beauty is pain. And if you want to be beautiful, you, you know, it, it hurts and plucking your eyebrows hurts and waxing your mustache hurts and, you know, so on and so forth, so forth. Like if you're going to wax your legs and it, I mean, it, it doesn't get easier or better the older you get. Right. So I think as little girls, we are trained to kind of, um, just, adopt this mentality that like if you want to look pretty and be accepted by society and be placed on, on like some sort of like 
uh, I don't want to call it a pedestal, but like just in a different category, then you need to be ready for the pain that's going to come. And so I thought that concept was very interesting for me and, and for my life, um, where I started understanding that everything that was happening to me um, moving forward was like this resiliency, this um, endurance that I speak about, like as women, we endure, we endure these ridiculous procedures we endure this for the in the name of beauty in the name to be accepted in the name of uh being feeling like you're enough and i think that's where my journey began with this whole concept of beauty and pain and beauty is pain and and if you want to be beautiful you need to feel pain and so at what point you know especially being in in the modeling industry as a child and having heard that a lot growing up and, and experiencing that as true, um, at what point did that change for you? Did you have that recognition as a young girl where, where you realized, you know, beauty doesn't have to be painful? Oh, I don't, honestly, I don't know if I had that as a young girl. Um, I have to say that that came a little bit after my story of, um, you know, the easiest way for me to say it, I was engaged at 16, <laughs> married at 18 to somebody who was 18 years my senior, had a baby at 18. By 21, I was divorced. But be before the divorce, I was literally, um, and, you know, for the listeners, please, if this is triggering, I just want to give you guys a warning. I was kidnapped to another country by my ex-husband and my baby. And so I think after going through that experience and coming out of it and still being judged by the beauty criteria or like the whole beauty is pain. I realized after literally like being tortured like daily and starved and beaten for, for months, I was like, what, who would do this to themselves? Like, why do we have to take this pain? who said it and how come men don't have to kind of really experience that? Like they're not plucking their eyebrows. They're not shaving their, like waxing themselves. They're like, I mean, it, you know, there's definitely more procedures, but I think that concept for me where I kind of had this whole epiphany of, of wow, what is happening was after I was literally like, you know, tortured and really mistreated and, I think I just kind of hit rock bottom. And so I kind of was not interested in being accepted anymore in that way by society. Hmm. Yeah, you you have um, quite the story. And for my listeners that aren't familiar, um, you know, we can kind of talk about it. But um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth has had quite a journey um, from when she was a young child into her early years. And, you know, like she had mentioned 16, 18, having a child and being in this terribly abusive and scary relationship. And I learned a lot about this through other interviews that you had had um, spoken uh, about. And then also you had a wonderful talk at uh, TEDx. You talked about war paint. And this is where I first learned of your story. And it was, I remember I sat here in tears listening and watching you speak um, because I couldn't believe that that same woman that I was watching on the stage that was so filled with light just pouring out of her and radiating was the same person 
that had had these experiences and how strong you had to be to be standing on that stage talking about and sharing these experiences for other women, you know, that are on a multitude of different journeys, but to share that, to share your experience so candidly and authentically and raw um, so that you can ultimately have an impact. And one of the first things you talked about when you were talking about your journey was war paint. And I love how you referred to that because it gives me this tribal feeling, this feeling of self-identification. And it sometimes comes up a lot for me and I'm going to, you know, hand the mic to you in a minute. But I remember people would ask, you know, like, why do you do makeup? Because I love doing makeup, but they're like, but why? Is it because you're insecure? Is it because all the questions and that was something you talked about with your war paint. What is your why? It's important for someone to know their why. And for me, my why is that I love art. I love to be creative. I love colors. I love playing with this physical vessel that I was blessed to have and to, to make her and adorn her to look different in whatever my mood is at any given moment. And so you spoke about war paint and knowing what your why is and how that's, you know, something that you want women to better understand about themselves. So can you speak to that part of your journey, the war paint and, and the why and why it's so important? Yeah. Oh my God. You're like touching deep into my soul. And I <laughs> want to say thank you for that. And for like, you know, bringing light to this, because that is my mission in life is that um, I really start with the superficial about beauty. And then we get into the why and we get into the war paint and, and it is to me, tribalistic, right? When you think about war paint and you think about all these ancient societies who would go to war and who would have festivals and in those festivals and in those ceremonies and in those rites of passages and in those war times, there was always some sort of war paint, like not always war paint, but paint. You know, you painted your face for marriage. You painted your war to your face to celebrate something. You painted your face to scare people. It was a form of expression. It was um, sometimes used to intimidate people. So, I I I associate it with that because there's power in that. And like I always have this image of Braveheart. Like I always reference Braveheart when all these men were so scared and they're about to like go against like a bigger army and they're like putting blue paint on their face and they just all of a sudden transform. And when I saw that, I'm like, that is how I see a lot of women when they put on that concealer, when they put on that blush, when they put on that contour, when they, you know, put on the mascara, when they do their eyebrows, when they do their hair. I, I see it as like, sometimes it could be a mask, something that you hide under, or it could be a powerful tool to make you like feel just so great and like I know for a fact like anybody who has ever had their makeup done professionally like you come in with you know usually told like don't wear any makeup make sure your face is clean etc cetera, etc cetera. so you come in like bare face like vulnerable like naked like you feel exposed and then you sit in that chair and then the makeup artist is the magician and they transform you literally like highlight what the, what needs to be highlighted um, contour what's already there enhance your beautiful features and then you turn around and you there's just a shift and I'm sure you've seen it there's a shift in the person where they're like 
oh my gosh, I feel beautiful. I feel amazing. So for me, that came together where if I could make people understand why they're wearing the makeup, why they're using the products, why they're doing these things, right? Like, is it to empower yourself or is it because you have insecurities? And so my whole goal is, and I know it's a very long-winded explanation, but my whole goal is to get you to love yourself because when you love yourself and you feel powerful in your own skin and you feel love for yourself, no one can take that away from you. No one can tell you that you're not worth it. No one can tell you that you're not enough. And therefore, no one can take advantage of you. And so that is my mission, like woven in through beauty, through, um, you know, energy work, through what, however people want to call it. Like, you know, some people call it woo-woo. Some people call it just like makeup and beauty. But like, there's there's little components that go in there. Like I use a lot of modalities, but that is my ultimate goal because with my experience, um, what I went through is maybe not feeling enough, right? To let that happen to me or maybe not feeling secure in myself. Um, and so if I could prevent people from feeling that, then no one can take your power back away from you. So that is the very long explanation to, to the whole war paint and makeup and, and, and my why. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. And you know what? It's not a long explanation at all. It's exactly what it needs to be. And I'm sure you could probably speak about that for hours because yes. that's your that's your message. That's your mission, you know? And it's it's interesting with war paint. Um, I I think about that often. You you use the word mask actually, and I love it because I use that term a lot, you know, people come with many different masks, many different armors they put on each day, you know, and like you said, whether it's something that's empowering you, is that the why, or are you hiding behind something? You know, those are all the things that it's important for people to, to think about, to better understand themselves so that they know, they, they know how to better self-nurture and really behind that is intention and self-worth and self-limiting beliefs and all of those things. Um, and when we talk about the tribal feeling that you had mentioned, I, and you had mentioned this too in your, in your talk, my, my other war paint are my tattoos. Mm -hmm. I love my tattoos and some people, you know, it's fine. They get tattoos because it's like they're on a whim and they pick a tattoo. For me, my tattoos are literally my war paint. So when you had referenced that war paint could be a multitude of different things, I knew that that was one of my other forms of self-expression and self-empowerment and creativity. And my thought process behind that type of ritual ink, if you will, mm -hmm. um, was so that my body had these symbols that would tell a story ultimately about who I was if I was never able to explain it. I wanted someone to be able to look at me and say, ooh, I know her. I know her and this is how I know her. And they can look at my ink and my war paint and be able to tell a story about my life. So it really hit home when you had, you had mentioned that um, in your talk because I had never heard someone really articulate it the way that you did. And I was like, ah, oh, she gets me. <laughs> she <laughs> understands. Um, 
But, um, but yeah, it's so important to understand the why and, and a lot of things that you were just talking about, especially in this, in this society and in the world that we live in today with all of the media and all of the things that are coming at us consistently, you know, all the messages, the instant gratification, the telephones, the TV screens, the, I just said telephone, by the way, <laughs> sorry, side note, I'm, be, I'm dating myself. No, the, the iPhones and the, you know, um, but how much um, does it take to, to raise a daughter in this world of beauty today? Because I know that you have a, a daughter, she's 16 going on 17. I have a daughter who's uh, just at 13. So she's starting her journey of being very susceptible to branding and image, you know, image. And so how do you being in the industry that you're in? I mean, I love that you have all of these, um, these beautiful healing beliefs about beauty and what your mission is, because I think it's, it's the most ideal and healing way to raise your daughter. But how do you do that? Because your programming ultimately is very different than what's put out there for these young girls to believe. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's, I think that's one of the best questions I've ever had so far. Nobody's ever really asked me that, like, not really like that. And first of all, I want to say that I'm super proud of my daughter. She is like the opposite of, I guess, what society expects of young girls today on TikTok, on Snapchat, like doing all these things. Um, I guess I can't really describe how I, how I'm, how I'm doing it or how I show, I just kind of show her, like, I just model that for her and that goes, ties into the model on a mission. Um, I realized after my ordeal that she was looking at everything that I did. Like I had a little person watching me and that was the scariest thing that I realized. And that was also the strongest thing that not only like propelled me to make a change and to, she's actually how and why I got out of my situation because I said to myself, if not for me, for her, she is watching me. And if I'm letting her see this, I am telling her that she is not good enough and that this is okay for her. So my whole life, it's like, I feel like I've been um, on like a TV show that she's watching and like no one's editing out anything. So I, this is how I've lived my life. And so like, I am very strong in my beliefs. I'm very opinionated and she knows it and we talk about it. And I don't, I, I've never been that mom who like, and I'm not shaming anyone by the way, I've, I've just always been like, had a very straight conversation with her. Like, Hey, this is what's going on. Like I spoke to her like an adult. Um, and till this day, I mean, she understands what's going on. She understands marketing. She understands how to read labels. She understands. She's like that girl who's like, you know, putting together like a protest, <laughs> banning these ingredients or like, this is not what's right. Like they just want you to believe that because they need to market to your insecurities. Like she's that child. And only because she's watched me, she's heard me, right? I've modeled that for her. So it wasn't really much about what I told her. It was about what I did, what I showed her. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, they, they, model what they see. I mean, without, without deviating, you know, you said if, if you didn't 
say and do the things that you did on this journey, then you would be telling her that she wasn't enough or that she wasn't worth it. And and the reality is, is that's just another example of um, why and how society has gotten to the place that it has in some ways, um, because it's passing it down through our ancestors. You know, you have the generational stuff that our mothers and our mother's mothers and our great, great, great grandmothers, you know, they paved the way for us to, to have a much more brilliant and awakened um, state of being in whatever time of society that we're in. And so for you to um, break the cycle to break the norm or what is viewed as the norm in terms of beauty and what is desirable and why is doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing as women, which is elevating ourselves and elevating our daughters so that our daughters can elevate their children. And we break the cycle moving forward. So it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. And you know, I, I feel grateful too that my daughter is very similar to how you're describing your daughter to be. She's very open. She sees things for what they are. And she knows that beauty and um, certain types of creative expressions, creative practices with makeup and all types of different things are, are actually part of a self-care practice right? It's all about nurturing self. And it's important to give ourselves healthy and safe products to use. We love our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. We love our, the skin that we're in. We have to honor that. So um, I know it's not easy, especially, you know, as, as we get older and more mature, actually, wiser, not older, but as we, as we get wiser, it's, it's a bit more it's easier for us to understand as women how to look at things, perceive things, how to deal with certain situations. But when they're young like that, especially in uh, you know the middle school, high school, it's tough. Kids are brutally honest and can be really cruel, and sometimes they don't mean to be. And then the other part of it is that they're not being raised properly, and that's just what it is. But it's hard for kids these days. It's hard because of all the things that they see coming at them. And so to be able to have those real conversations, the difficult conversations, um, and, and the conversations that are honest and authentic and open are so important for mothers to have with their daughters. And, and you know what, in general, your children, boys or girls, it doesn't matter. Um, so thank you for just being another part of that for this next generation and, and what you do. So thank you for being that voice for our younger women. Um, what I would love if you can share with us is some of perhaps your self-care practices. I know you have a lot. I see you do a lot of amazing things. I was actually just looking at your, your neck decompression and, and, and I love, you know, red light therapy and all the things. So if you could like, just kind of run us through some of the things that you feel are paramount, some of the must haves of your self-care practices, that would be amazing. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to just go to like my go-tos and I'll try to be as quick as possible. Um, meditation is huge. I think uh, having being in communion with yourself is life changing. Being aware of what you're feeling, what your surroundings are, being in gratitude. 
I, I cannot tell you. And I know people talk about it all the time and probably people are annoyed like, oh, here's another person like frolicking in the fields who has a perfect <laughs> life and they have like a crystal and they're just meditating away. And like, it's, it's, it's hard. It takes, it takes some practice and some skill, but once you get it, it, it is the most beautiful feeling. So meditation is huge for me. Um, I do own a sauna, so I'm in there quite a lot. I think it's super amazing. It takes you from, you know, parasympathetic to sympathetic, which is where you're healing and repairing. And it just has so many, so many benefits that like, I'm sure people can Google like now today, more than ever, people are talking about these things. And the other one that I will say uh, is a little bit trickier, but I'm going to say it anyways, it is coffee enemas and all my clients, um, like from A-listers to people that you would have never thought like football players, professional football players, like I have them do coffee enemas and they say that it's a game changer, not only on their skin, on their body, on their mind, on their soul. Like there's just so much that happens when you get to do that for your body. And so those are like some of my must like do for self-care. Hmm. Would you would you be open to just sharing explaining exactly what the coffee enema does, like yeah. what its purpose is? Because that it's I, I've read about it a little bit and it sounds intriguing. And I'm like, I love coffee, and so let's <laughs> talk about this. <laughs> yeah. So a coffee enema is exactly what it sounds like. It's coffee um, that you put in through the other hole, and that sounds a little crazy but it's been around for thousands of years. This is what kings and queens have used from Cleopatra to the ancient Egyptians to the Mayans and Aztecs, the Incas. This has been around during Greek times where like if you had an ailment or they would use coffee. And then I think in the 1916 or 1914, I don't quote me on the date, but somewhere around that time, I think it was, maybe Lenox Hill Hospital did a study on this because during the wartime, they ran out of pain medication. And so doctors were cleaning out the intestine before surgery so that the medication could last longer. So the body could absorb that because your body absorbs medication through your colon. So one of the nurses in, this is like wartime, she was really tired and she by mistake put coffee in the enema instead of water. And the patients uh, recovered much faster. They didn't need pain medication because the pain was gone. They felt great. And like they recovered like about two weeks earlier than the other people. So that was kind of like a testament to what had happened. But so how it works is you take organic coffee, like it's not any coffee, you need to buy special coffee that's like mold proof, like doesn't have mold tested for heavy metals, pesticides, et cetera, et cetera. And then you boil that in a stainless steel pot or like a ceramic, not in like, you know, a pot that may have like toxins that can leach onto the water because then you're doing nothing for yourself because you're putting toxins back in your body. And then you brew that coffee with distilled water for about 12 minutes. And that um, liquid has a lot of what is called palmaic acid. And basically what that does is it's like a little oil kind of. And when you, you know, insert that through the enema, it kind of pushes the ducts in the liver, the kidney, the gallbladder, like all of the, the intestines to dilate and basically release all of like 
calcifications, kidney stones, gallbladder stones, um, liver stones. And so when you take that load off your body, like think about it, your the organs that never get any rest are your kidneys and mostly your liver. And so if you can support that part of your body, that's like taking away 80% of its load, your body's going to do amazing things. And so also what this palmic acid does is that it helps produce more glutathione and glutathione is like the powerhouse to your cells. And it is like amazing for anti-aging, for inflammation. I mean, there's just so much on that. Like you guys can totally Google that, but that's a little bit of the coffee enemas. And I've had clients who've had really bad acne, cystic acne, hormonal acne, um, just unable to repair like, and do this in a matter of weeks or actually days. have like life-changing results. Like the amounts of DMs that I've received of women crying that they tried everything for years and they never in their life would have, they were just so desperate. They were like, I'm just gonna try it. And they tried it and they're like, I wish I'd tried it sooner. I'm like, that's usually how it goes. Like you just have to hit rock bottom and you're like, I'll try anything, I'm desperate. And then you kick yourself over the head. Like, how come I didn't try this like four years ago when it was presented to me? Thank you. That's, that's amazing. I love learning new things, especially like sacred ancient practices, right? People that they they never hear about it. And now they hear about it in this modern day living. And they think it's, as you put it, woo woo and stuff. But if you really take time to, to look back into some of the older practices and um, there's so many remarkable results you can have. I'm, I'm actually sitting here going, Hmm, I think there might be something I need to do <laughs> this videos on it. <laughs> awesome. I will be sure. And everyone listening to uh, take a look at that, read more about it, go online. And, um, and I, I know you have some other good stuff that you have on Instagram and yeah. about that. So thank you for sharing that. Um, do you, do you have any favorite skincare routines? I mean, I know, you know, it's a great practice to do the daily cleanse in the morning and make sure you take your makeup off at night, but do you have a specific skincare routine that you like to follow? Oh, you know, I'm, I think because I've been doing it for so long, I started like really diving into skincare at the age of 12. Mm. Uh, So I think at this point, I kind of like intuitively figure out what I need for the day. So that could look like washa today. It could look like face cupping tomorrow. It could look like dry brushing my face. It could look like using acupuncture tools on my meridians. So it's so hard for me to answer that question only because I, first of all, have so many tools and I have access to like things that people don't normally have. Um, So I would say my must is to like my must, must, must that I do it every single day, morning and night. And if I need to midday, if I'm like doing, you know, photo shoots or whatever, um, I'm very mindful and intentional when I take off my makeup or if I put it on or if I'm anything that I do on my face, I like, I don't want to say I go into like a meditative state, but I am very like present and I make sure to like not do it angry because a lot of times like you're in a rush and you're like, I'm just going to put the sunscreen on. I'm, I'm in a rush and you're like not in a good mood. And so I firmly believe that like the energy that you like your body, your hands talk to your body, talk to your face, like the way you pat your makeup on, I think like it really impacts your face. And so I'm very conscious and mindful of like, when I apply lotion, when I do the serum, like how I do it, I make sure that it's a very, in a very loving way. 
And I think for me, that makes a huge difference because I believe in energy and, and that it's transferred. And so I want to make sure that I'm transferring love to my face and to my body when I'm doing whatever I'm doing to it. Mm, that was such an honest answer. Thank you. Yeah. Energy is so, there's energy in everything we do. You know, it's you, when we, we rush a lot, like you're saying, we rush around a lot and, you know, in respect of healthcare, sometimes like you take a shower, you get out, you're throwing on your lotion. And it's like, wait a second, why do you know, everything else doesn't have to come first, your self-love and your self-care, the way your hands touch your own body yeah. is so important. It sets the tone for your entire existence for that day. So I think it's really important that you pointed that out because I'm not so sure too many people actually think have that conscious awareness to that to that level, you know, and I think it's important that's where you start with that self care practice and how you nurture, whether it's your skin or your body in terms of how you eat and in and, and all of those ways. Um, and you had said, you know, there, it's become second nature, it's very intuitive for you, you listen to your body, you know what your body needs. And it's become a process that is a little bit more fluid than it is for other people. And, and you had mentioned you have access to some things that many other people don't. So that actually brings me to my question about the beauty circle app. Um, because I think it's amazing that you've created this wheel that's comprised of, I think, 10 different beauty sections so that women can better understand their current state of beauty, like where they're at, how they can gauge where they need to, the, the places that they need to work on. So I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit about that. Yes. Well, the app is still like under construction, but I do have the, it's like a PDF you can download. Mm -hmm. So I, I wanted to, obviously through my years of experience and with clients and just kind of getting the feedback of like what was going on in people's lives and how do you live like this beautiful holistic life because life is beautiful and beauty circle the circle of life kind of concept right and so i realized like oh okay you need to have proper hygiene skin and makeup and how much money do you spend on makeup how much time like there's so many different components and then there's water intake and joy and relationships i have bowel movements because clearly i'm obsessed with coffee enemas <laughs> <laughs> conscious eating and so like all these I, I made it 10 categories because um I wanted people to first of all like be able to kind of rate themselves from from a scale of one to ten or like one to a hundred but also feel like empowered to say okay well I didn't get like you know a hundred on this wheel or beauty circle but I got 75% and it's just such a small change for me to get to 80 because if you break each category down to 10, right? Cause 10 times 10 is hundred. Then it becomes like something that's more realistic to do instead of like being overwhelmed. Like, oh my God, I have to eat healthy food and have to be conscious about this. Oh, I needed to have movement and no, oh, I didn't meditate and it gets overwhelming. So I wanted it to be in little chunks where you can like say, okay, I'm going to work on, you know, meditation this week. And what does that mean to you? And I have like YouTubes on like how to dissect each category. And so like, I just wanted people to have that visually because there is, there is something to when you have like a graph and if you color it in with color and you're consciously connecting this writing and the, these, these like, um, like filling them in. And then when you're, when you're done with it, like your brain actually stores this circle in your head. And so what I do is I have people like print two out, have one where, where you are currently, and then I'll have you fill out where you want to be. And so then you could see like, oh, I have to just make small little tweaks and then I'm there. And so like, 
that just changes your mood. It changes your perspective. Like even subconsciously, you start programming different things and you start becoming more aware without even knowing just by filling out the small chart that seems like it's nothing. It seems like a first grader can, can do it. And in fact, I have a lot of people who do it with their children every month. They fill it out and they're like, what's our goal for the, for the month? Um, so it's a cool, cool circle. I love it. I'm actually looking at it as we speak because I had printed it out a couple of weeks ago. And um, I love all of the um, all of the categories. And I was looking at um, the movement part because movement is a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love expressing just everything from expressing emotion to expressing the beauty I feel to expressing my energy through movement. And this past year and a half, or a year plus with everything that has gone on has slowed so much of our movement, everyone. And that's not to say you can't move within your home or exercise at home or whatever, but the bottom line is, is movement has been gratefully slowed down. And um, I knew in looking at the chart that I needed to get the movement flowing again in a way that was harmonious and that kind of balanced out the rest of that circle for me. And I was just sharing that to make the point that it made it feel so much easier to look at, to be able to see the categories instead of not see them and be completely overwhelmed by what are the things that I need to do to feel more in balance and in harmony within my beauty way. Right. And so I just, I love it. And uh, thank you for creating that. I'm very excited for everything that's to come. Um, There are so many products on the market and so many things that make us feel overwhelmed about that, this part about being a woman. Um, There's so many products being marketed, it becomes overwhelming. And just from experience, it's like, these are sometimes there are moments where I just want to throw my hands up and go into the kitchen and be like, great, olive oil, honey, avocados, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they're key ingredients. They are, they're key ingredients too. but, you know, I've, I've finally been able to kind of tap into my intuitive intelligence and listen to my body as well. And I'm learning along the way what my body likes, what it doesn't like, whether it's consciously eating or a certain ingredient in a product or how often my body wants to absorb something. So it's a beautiful journey when people actually start tapping into their awareness and listening to what their body is telling them. And really then, like you said, absorbing it, you can really absorb it, that it becomes just completely second nature, which kind of sounds silly almost, right? It should be second nature, but we're so busy with other things that we forget to come to center. So I love, I love the beauty circle. It takes it right back to the circle, right back to the center. So thank you again. Well, thank you. I just kind of wanted to add something to your movement and conscious eating, you know, as you were talking and I was thinking about this because you're not the only one, obviously the whole world, it was a pandemic, right? And so everyone kind of suffered in the movement, like walking to work, walking back from work, going on your lunch break, just, you know, doing normal things that counted or went in towards your movement. And so I just want to say like, it doesn't have to be, I, I want to, I just want to be clear. I don't want, I'm not saying like, you need to work out for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Movement to me means even putting on your favorite song while you're brushing your teeth, that is movement. Like that is movement. Just move your body, feel great, be in the moment, be 
be there. So I just wanted to for you know people to be encouraged to to feel like that. And maybe you can make a playlist and eventually you'll you know move up from four minutes to 16 minutes to maybe 30 minutes. And next thing you know, you're feeling great, you're singing, dancing to your favorite music, you're singing, and you moved your body and you feel amazing. So I thank, just wanted to add that. <laughs> they, no, thank you for adding that because it's so true and it's important because people get overwhelmed. They think, oh, I got to exercise. Let's just add it on as another task and it becomes daunting. I have a, I have a beautiful sign in my kitchen that says the kitchen is for dancing because that's exactly yeah. what it is. Whether I'm doing the dishes or I'm passing through with laundry or I'm cooking with my children, there is music always playing and I'm always swaying and grooving and just letting energy out. So whatever that looks like for anyone listening, go there, do that. <laughs> um, and actually something that you had mentioned kind of before we start to close this is that we know that beauty is on the inside and on the outside, right? Beauty starts on the inside because we have to, we have to be healthy. It's important to be healthy. And that's another thing that's very difficult in terms of how we eat. And it's important to, um, to consciously eat, to have conscious eating. It's the key to beautiful skin. It's one of the most important things. Um, but if you're able to share some of your thoughts about the conscious eating part with us and why it's so important and how you specifically incorporate that into your daily life, that would be amazing. Yeah, of course. I, and you know, you've spoke about, I mean, obviously they're all my favorites <laughs> because they're all circle, but these are like the most common ones and conscious eating. So I just want to take it back a little bit, like conscious eating, intuitive eating, all these buzzwords, um, it just gets confusing, right? So conscious eating to me is just you being consciously aware, making a decision that you are going to eat pizza and you know that maybe there's no nutritional value there for you, but you just want to have a good time with your girlfriend, your guy friend, whatever, your kid, you want, you're like, I just want to enjoy this. I had a rough week. And that is conscious eating to me too. Like just knowing that you, you're accepting it because a lot of times when, and I'm not just talking about like, I'm not going to, yes, I'll go into like the healthy foods, like in a few seconds, but it's about like the energy that you eat. I'm, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm all about the energy, the intention yes. of what you do and how you do it, because that's, that's almost, if not more impactful than what you're actually putting in. So like you could be eating like the most organic pasture raised, you know, grass finished beef, like, you know, like just non-GMO, like an original vegetable, which is very hard to find these days. And, and so you could be eating that, but then you could have, so what does that mean? But you can have your cells inside that are organic, non-GMO, blah, 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 pesticide free, but they're negative and you could still be sick and you could still have, cause there's a lot of energy that goes into it. It's not just like oh, I'm going to have this amazing stuff from Whole Foods and I'm going to be great. No, because there's there's other part components to that. So um, I'm talking about that as well. Like for me, conscious eating starts where what is your mood when you're eating, right? Because like you could be eating this kale salad and be in a really cruddy mood. And you're like, oh, I got to eat this salad because I need to be healthy. And like, this is not fair. I have high cholesterol. And so like studies have actually shown that when people eat the healthy food, but in a bad state, First of all, you're not digesting it. Second of all, you're actually making yourself more sick because you're not in a great mood. You're very stressed out. And when you are going to, like if you're from a parasympathetic state, which is your fight or flight, 
your digestion turns off. Everything turns off. You're in fear. So you're not doing anything for your cholesterol. You're actually like hurting your gut because it's fermenting. It's not processing. And you're like in pain and you're like, what am I doing this for? So people kind of give up because it doesn't feel good. So for me, conscious eating starts with the intention, the intention of I'm going to enjoy this ice cream and enjoy this pizza. And yes, eventually like, okay, I'm putting this in my body. Is this fuel for my cells? Like, why am I having this carrot juice? I want to make sure that I'm having, you know, the vitamin A that carrot is known for the vitamin C, the, you know, all these properties and, you know, like you're fueling your body. So like there are components to that, but how I eat, um, is I eat a lot of, I think root vegetables are underestimated. They are my favorites. I have lots of root vegetables. Rutabaga is my favorite and purple cabbage. Mm. You will find that you will find me making that almost every day. Uh, if you make the rutabaga correctly, it tastes like a French fry. Um, and it's full of minerals. So I think like, because we're so depleted of minerals in general, our soil has been so depleted over the last hundred years with the mono, I'm not going to go into this conversation, but with <laughs> mono farming. And, and so I'm a big uh, advocate for root vegetables and then like having a protein. But again, I kind of go with my mood. I ask my body, what do you want? What do you need? And again, this is a skill that I've learned through time. It didn't just happen. It's like, I didn't talk to my body and like all of a sudden it said, yes, give me the pizza. <laughs> like, you know, and, and, the, and the carrot juice, like, no, but you kind of know intuitively, like even at, for women, right? Like right before we go into our cycles, our menstrual cycles, we usually crave chocolate. We crave sweet and salty foods. And people often wonder why is that? Why? Well, because your body's getting ready to go through a process and you actually need more magnesium, maybe you need some more selenium. So if you, if you know, like if you're a woman and if you know your cycle two weeks before you can like take more magnesium and you might not get any more cramps. You might like even not remember. You're like, wait, how, how did this, when did this come? Because I don't have any symptoms. I don't crave anything. My body isn't sore or swollen. And it's only because your body's, when you have these cravings, your body knows the minerals that it needs and where to find it. And there's a lot of magnesium in chocolate. Mm. You're, you're so um, filled with amazing things. And there's so many topics we can talk about just within the realm of your mission. And I, and you know what, I love that you keep bringing it back to energy and intention because um, that is my jam. Like energy for me it's like energy speaks 100% of the time and and i am always talking to people and and helping them to better understand that they can have more of an intuitive influence um in their life for all of the decisions that they're making and it's just and everyone has the ability to do that it doesn't happen overnight um some people tap into it quicker and and deeper than others but it's it's there it's an innate part of the wisdom that we all carry um, and especially as women, we carry a lot of that wisdom. And so I'm just so grateful that you're sharing all of this. I know there's so many other things that, that we can learn from you. Um, and yes, going back to what you were saying with eating, eating with intention, it's not just about conscious eating and exactly the ingredients you're putting into your body, but it's about the energy you're feeding yourself, literally the energy you're feeding yourself. Um, so if there's anything that I would urge our listeners uh, to pay attention to, 
is yes, intention is first and foremost with anything in your life, but to really bring conscious awareness to your intention while you're eating, because that's something that we do a lot during the day. So that's a lot of energy intake and a lot of, of energy output too. Yeah. Um, so that's probably one thing I would love to urge people. I'd invite them to, to think more about the energy they, they kind of put behind when and what they're putting in their body and how they're feeling. Um, Elizabeth, you're amazing. And I just want to thank you for sharing your wisdom and your grace. Um, I am so excited to have had you on. And I know there's a bunch of ways um, and avenues that people can can reach you, read more about you and everything that you do. So I know that we can find you on Instagram at Elizabeth Molina, but why don't you kind of give my listeners a little bit of a rundown, any other platforms that you want to kind of announce to us so we can go and look for you there. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was an amazing podcast. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. In fact, I do want to talk to you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will definitely do that offline. That'll be great. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So your listeners can find me on Instagram for sure. Elizabeth underscore underscore Molina. And I am definitely obsessed with Clubhouse, um, which is at Elizabeth Molina. And you can check out my website, elizabethmolinainc.com. But Clubhouse and Instagram are your best bets. Instagram, if you want to check out the content, Clubhouse, if you want to ask me any questions, like I'm there quite frequently in many stages talking about different things. And if you have a question for me, you can find me there for sure. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. And anyone who's listening, Clubhouse is an amazing platform. You're very, as you said, you're very active on there. I'm not as active on there. I like going in and being the owl in the room. I sometimes host my own rooms, but you have so much wisdom that you share on various topics on Clubhouse. So I definitely urge and invite our listeners to check you out there for sure. Um, so Elizabeth, thank you again so much for your time and your energy. I've learned so much from you. You are truly magnificent. And um, that's a wrap, guys. I hope that you can join us again next week for another episode of After Dark with me, Jay, your host. And I wish everyone a wonderful evening. Good night. Good night. Thank you.